0: Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community in a variety of different ways. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. You know, I'm always amazed to interview people in organizations that have a profound impact on the lives of others. But for whatever reason, I've never heard of them before. And it's not just me. Over the years, I've heard many people say, Jill, I listened to the show on Sunday, was very informative, but I never knew that nonprofit existed. Or I heard of them before, but I didn't really understand all the things they do. If you're like me and you like to share information, it's important that we educate ourselves on things that have the potential to be life-changing for people. So regardless if you need the services that an organization provides or not, it's really important that you are aware that such a resource exists so that you can share the information with someone who may really need it someday. The community resources that we share on the show have helped so many people. So I love it when I get a phone call or an email from a guest telling me how they got feedback from people in the community about their interview, and maybe the individual wants to learn more about that nonprofit or volunteer or even donate. How awesome is that, right? It's about building awareness, educating, and supporting the nonprofits for the benefit of the community. So speaking of that, our first guest today is doing exactly that. They're educating and supporting families. They've been a catalyst for community growing, building, and betterment on Milwaukee's south side since 1970, well over 50 years. Welcome to the show today, Laura Gutiérrez, Executive Director of the United Community Center. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Jill. You're welcome. So why don't you start by telling us about yourself, share Share with our listeners your UCC story, if you will, and and how you became involved with the agency.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for your question. So I was born and raised here in Milwaukee and actually uh, was a member of the United Community Center. My parents would go there um, to take English classes, and of course they would take myself and my siblings uh, to join other activities. So UCC has been a part of me for many years. As a matter of fact, UCC was my first job. I was a peer leader Mm. in which I was able to educate young children about peer pressure and how to say no to um, drugs and to, to kind of be a leader for themselves. So that is my involvement. I actually then grew up, went to you know college um, and got into teaching. And lo and behold, I ended up teaching at the United Community Center, uh, then continued the trajectory as a assistant principal, took some other jobs, um, actually worked for the state of, of Wisconsin as, to, of, as a secretary for Department of Safety and Professional Services. And then two years ago, returned to the United Community Center as associate executive director as we transitioned. And my uh, predecessor was retiring. And so here I am. And it's an honor to be the first woman and to lead this organization in 50 years.
1: Wow! First woman. Congratulations. Yes. That's wonderful. You've come full circle. Yeah, full yes. circle is correct. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, so what does UCC mean to the South Side Milwaukee community? Give us give us a feel for that.
2: Yes, Jill. I would say that the UCC means a couple of, of things. It's opportunity. It is family, and for me, I like to say it is home. Um, You know, what we really do is really assist the community uh, by removing barriers and giving our families, our students, anyone we serve, actually, six weeks to 106 years of age. And so we really like to give people the tools they need to continue to unleash their potential and reach their dreams.
1: Mm, That's wonderful. Everybody's got to love that, right? Um, what about the individuals that you serve what What are some of their challenges and the obstacles that UCC helps them with?
2: Uh, yes, so UCC serves about eighteen thousand people annually through our programs, and we have more than twenty thousand visitors on a normal year. We are a top provider of family care services based on quality. And efficiency measures. We are one of Milwaukee's top-funded United Way agencies, and some of the challenges vary depending on the age level. It could be a language issue. It could be how to fill out a FAFSA. How do I study for my ACTs? Um, to you know overcome um, addiction, um, and so you know care for seniors. Um, and so we really do a wide variety of things. So we we get to know our clients and really help them because every every different client has a different challenge. Mm. And what about you know I know you're you're dealing with families. I mean, do you have examples of like a a whole family that has come that you've served? Absolutely. That's a great question, Jill. Yes, I would say that we have a multi-generational approach. I'll tell you a story about a um, person who came to us. She originally was from Milwaukee, moved to California, and came back realized we were having an open house. Um, She had gone through a horrible divorce. So she was saw herself now as a single parent and needed a school for her child. And as she came through our open house, she quickly recognized some familiar faces from the past and then said, is, you know, are you hiring? Um, And we took her on, we hired her trained her to become um, an assistant teacher while her child went to school, Uh, and then both her parents, one moved into our assistant living facility while the other used the senior center services. Her daughter started with us at the age of three, uh graduated, um, been there through eighth grade, um, and is currently now in high school flourishing. Mom continued the educational track um, and has moved up in position as well. And um, her father has passed and we were at the ceremony and the staff was there. And what she said was, you know, my dad was difficult to take care of, but you are all here and made an impact. And for employees to show up to a funeral um, really just shows the dedication and commitment that you all have, not just to that parent, but to me as a daughter, you know, who has to deal with working with single parenting. But then to take care of elderly parents, it's a lot. And, you know, the UCC was there throughout the entire way. So that is the why we do what we do because of of successes such as that. Um, She will tell you that if it wasn't for the UCC, she doesn't know if her daughter would have been exposed to the opportunities that she had or the quality of school or even be prepared for high school and beyond. Um, And for herself, you know, that professional journey that she was able to go on with the support of the UCC. Um, And now she's taken a different position, a larger position uh, somewhere else, which to us, that's great because we develop leaders at any age. Mm. Mm -hmm. and let them go on and continue to help others and give back to the community.
1: Mm. And just I can understand why you say it's like a family. You know, you're an extension of that that family that you serve. You know, where would the community be without organizations like UCC,
2: right? Right. I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, I firmly believe that if the UCC, who has been there for 52 years, would not have been there, uh, I don't think the Hispanic community would be where it is. You know, we th- there is a lot of success stories out there. They continue to progress and move forward. We see children, our students and alumni going out of state for university, getting full rides, and parents and seniors being taken care of. Again, you know, cradle to career and beyond is what we like to say we do. And um, We continue to be there, and and I'm sure you'll hear from, from Denise later on how we've supported her. But it's important for us to continue to move our community forward, and I think that's what the UCC does, is we meet everyone where they are and help them move forward. Um, so they feel successful, so they feel connected to the community and an active participant mm. in our society. Mm. And everybody needs that. And you provide mem- mentorship
1: and leadership and uh, all those good things that any age, like you said, three years old, 100 plus, would benefit from. UCC has, has many different service offerings, but the most important aspect from what I hear you saying is the impact that they make with the more than 18,000 people that they serve. In fact, in the city of Milwaukee, only about 60% of Hispanics graduate high school. But UCC wants to change these statistics and help support and encourage that next generation of leaders. So stay tuned because when we come back, you'll hear from a student who has been at UCC since she was three years old and will learn how she is just one of many who are proving that UCC can change those statistics and realize their dreams. We'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host Julie Economo, on News Talk 11:30 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking today with Laura Gutierrez, Executive Director of the United Community Center, or UCC. And joining us today is a special guest, Denise Arlene Sevilla, who is a UCC student and an alum. So, welcome to the show, Denise. Hello, thank you, Jill, for having me. You're welcome. So why don't you tell us your story? uh, Start by sharing your background and your involvement with UCC.
3: Well, I'd like to state that first, I am an incoming freshman at the University of Wisconsin-Madison on a full ride. Yay! A graduate of uh, Bruzo Lupe Middle School. Uh, that I attended since the age of three, Okay. and UCC has provided me with several tools that have allowed me to become successful throughout high school when apart from UCC, and that is instilling a lifelong change maker within me for my community. Now I'm committed to social justice issues and service needs of my community, and that started off right at the age of seven at UCC. Wow,
1: age seven. (laughs) My goodness.
3: (laughs) Yes. So participating in the summer recreation program at the United Community Center, I recall vividly my connection with the Youth Volunteer Corps, the YVC, which we refer to. I looked up to them as role models that I wanted to emulate. The culture of UCC's summer recreation program was caring and nurturing, something I still remember to this day. And that's when I decided that when I was older, this was a dream that I wanted to be a part of. Service has helped me grow as an individual and keep life in perspective beyond high school. And now UCC's pre-college program before graduating Brookfield Academy provided me with ACT prep classes, mentoring through the college application process, which was kind of crazy through Mm -hmm. COVID Mm -hmm. and lots of network opportunities. I performed community service at the United Community Center during high school and after high school with United Community Center's partner, Marquette University. As a YVC, I guided Hispanic elementary students in enrichment and recreational activities, and I also provided tutoring for young cellists in the Latino Arts Strings program. And as part of the Families Integrated Together program, Marquette University's program, I mentored middle school student participants in academic tutoring, cooking classes, and fitness courses.
1: Wait a second. How old are you? (laughs) (laughs) All of that in what, you're probably what, seventeen? I'm eighteen. Eighteen, my goodness. Well, congratulations. What a mentor you can be to young younger kids and how you're getting involved. That's that's awesome. And you're gonna be a badger. That's wonderful. Congratulations. (laughs) My daughter just graduated last year from from uh, Wisconsin, so that we're proud um, Badger people <laughs> as well. Tell us how you've reached your dreams with the help of UCC. You talked about things that you've done, which is fantastic, um, but tell us how you've reached your dreams. I've reached
3: my dreams thanks to the pre-college program, as I mentioned previously. COVID was pretty hectic. I moved out of the house to help my older brother and his wife with their four-month-old baby. I was doing school online, do the quarantine, and I was having to manage learning a new way of um, adapting to my classes, as well as taking care of a four-month-old baby. And as the youngest of my family, that's not something I'd practice with.
1: Right, right.
3: But I had mentors, specifically Rich Dorn, Claudia Rivera. And Jeff Condit, who helped me along the way, checking in, sending emails, and allowing me to log on just for weekly check-ins, making sure I was staying on top of my academics and that I was not only academically stable and on track, but also mentally and emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I can, you know, the words don't even make up how grateful I am for that. Uh, but... Thankfully, I was able to get through the application process for college smoothly, and now I'm able to say that I have piling scholarships, just thankful because I had them keep me on track, um, both, you know, emotionally and academically. Now, um, I graduated Brooklyn Academy as a Freedom International Scholar, and I will be attending Wisconsin's International
1: Scholars Program um, on a scholarship. So, wow. wow, full ride to Madison. How awesome is that? Well, yes. well done. Well done. I'm sure your parents are very proud as well as UCC, who I mean, you're a great advocate for them. But what do you think has been the most impactful thing that UCC prepared you for for the for the future?
3: I expect to grow as a leader and contribute to my community even from afar in Madison. And I would like to study international relations and global affairs and United Community Center has instilled within me that the Hispanic and Latinos need to take responsibility for being good citizens and to continue to impact the future that we dream of and to which we aspire. Which is why I'm highly motivated to inspire other Hispanics and Latinos to take responsibility for being those good citizens that we are and to share the importance of education and taking advantage of opportunities that we are in front
1: with. Mm, wonderful. Well, I'm sure you're doing a great job. <laughs> wonderful. Wow, that's quite a testimony, I would say. I'm so glad that you joined us today because you give us a first-hand look at, at what it's like to be involved. Um, but let's take a, a deeper dive, Laura, in into the programs that UCC offers. So we know that UCC encompasses a wide variety of programs, and of course uh, Denise talked about some of those, and, and really helps community members through every phase of life, which
2: again Denise has, has so eloquently shared. Um, Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. I just want to say that I'm so proud of Denise and so many other students. Um, The UCC takes a holistic approach to serving the community. And as mentioned before, we serve the members of ages six weeks to 106. And we help people get through every stage of life. And we impact generations of family. And so the UCC experience is a full circle. Many of the programs that we offer clients include educational programs, such as early childhood education and elementary school, um, two middle schools. And then we have a summer school program and a community learning center, which offers after school supplementary educational services. We have a pre-college program that you heard Denise speak of um, because we really want to be a partner in our parents' and our children's education. We have a health and fitness program as well that hosts a range of activities for youth, uh, including boxing, football, cross-country, biking. Um, And we have a student health center that offers on-site health care and preventative services to all of our students provided by Carroll University and the 16th Street Community Clinic. Uh, We also have a department, a health research department that works with many local universities to research and increase the health outcomes for our Hispanic and Latino community in Milwaukee. And our elderly programs, which are key and vital as well. The UCC Senior Center offers programming and culturally sensitive environment for our seniors, and we also provide hot meals daily. And then we have our Human Services Department, and they offer treatment and recovery services to adults with substance use disorders with a special focus on residential treatment for women who are pregnant or who have newborns, uh, men, and then just women without children. Our Neighborhood Development Program, which is the Walker Square, and that initiative has helped over 228 families purchase their first home, which is critical. Mm. And then we also have our Latino Arts and that is a UCC sister organization that was created to help share Latin culture with the community and help other communities appreciate the rich culture um, of the Hispanic community. but we also want to make sure that our our students are well rounded and that they also experience culture community and the arts.
1: Mm. Well, I can see why you're uh, an essential organization and play a key role in uh, the generations as you said, three to hundred and six that's really something that's so correct. you're, you're uh, You're working the generations, which is wonderful. We know that COVID was very challenging uh, for many nonprofits. How did UCC specifically, uh, how were they impacted, and how do you continue to provide services during
2: a, a global pandemic? That's a great question, Joe. Um, COVID-19 affected the community in which UCC serves greatly. Our clients are made up of essential workers. If they wanted to continue to provide for they, their family, they needed to go to work. And so, through the pandemic, um, we had to d- make a difficult decision, and and we did to serve our community. We were the only public charter school open in the mm-hmm. city of Milwaukee to serve our families. And despite some of our programs physically closing, we were we able to serve almost thirty-three thousand meals to our elderly through delivery or pickup. We made more made more than two thousand check-in calls to make sure that their quality of life continued. Um, and our goal is to continue to gradually open our program so that we have more families serviced and they can continue with everyday normal life. Mm, that's wonderful because we know that not many. Uh,
1: well, some nonprofits were not able to continue their services at all, and some had to cut their services in half. And so knowing that there were still some organizations, some nonprofits that stayed open to serve their their clients, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, there is not enough time to go into everything that we would love to go into uh, and learn about the UCC. But if our listeners remember one thing from our conversation today, what, what should that one thing be?
2: That one thing should be that the UCC is a pillar in the community. And what we do is that education is the greatest equalizer. It provides opportunity and is a means out of poverty. And when they look at the United Community Center, every program that we have, the underlying root of it is education. And we need to continue to educate our community so they can continue to go out and be leaders, just as Denise mentioned, and really transform our society, and continue to to maximize on the opportunity that this country offers every single one of us. Mm. And develop leaders, like you said, and make an impact. I'm sure, Denise, you're going to
1: be making an impact. <laughs> you have already, and you're going to be doing the same in Madison. So uh,
2: give us contact information real quick. Absolutely. If you want to learn more about the UCC and how you can get involved, visit the United CC. Dot .org to learn more or you could call us at 414-384-3100.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you Laura and Denise for sharing your passion with us today about the people that you serve and the things that you're doing and and that you will be doing in the future, right Denise? Thanks for participating in the interview today. Thank you for having us, Joe. You're you. welcome. You're welcome. So we've learned that UCC serves over 18,000 people each year, actually, ranging in age from six weeks to 106 years old in a multitude of ways, right? But they don't have health care to offer, so this is where that collaboration piece between nonprofits comes in, and it benefits the clients and the members, that uh, the people that are all involved. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk with a nonprofit that collaborates with UCC in the area of health and wellness. So we'll be right back after our commercial break. <music>
0: You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. A few months ago, a couple shows ago, I interviewed two health care organizations that served the underserved and the uninsured out in Waukesha County. Today, we're going to highlight and call attention to one that works with the UCC and is located on the south side of Milwaukee. My next guests today are Dr. Julie Schuler, President and CEO of the 16th Street Community Health Center, and Rosa Maria Martinez, Vice President, Community Health Initiatives. Welcome to the show today, Dr. Shula and Rosa Maria. Thank you. Thank glad you. Glad to be here. Well, we're happy that you're here, and we look forward to hearing more. Um, But let's start with you, Julie. Uh, What inspired you to become a doctor, and why did you want to combine your medical training with a focus on public and community health?
4: Well, I've been really very lucky or blessed from a young age to kind of know that I wanted to be a doctor, and um, since the age of 12, really. And when I was a young Girl Scout, uh, we toured the old Milwaukee County Hospital with the Girl Scouts, and I was um, in, we toured the the sort of morgue area, and I think most of the other Girl Scouts were kind of scared, (laughs) and moving through very rapidly, and I was fascinated, and there were all the jars on the wall of the morgue, and inside were like brains, and hearts, and all that (laughs) stuff, and I was, I just thought that was the neatest thing, and the The pathology tech actually invited me to, would you like to see what's in the jars? And he pulled out, like, the brain connected to eyeballs and was showing me (laughs) the connections. And I just thought that was the absolute neatest thing. And by the time I was done looking at that, the Girl Scouts were all the way onto some other part of the hospital, (laughs) and I had to run and catch up. But I just... From then on, I thought, I want to do this. This is really neat.
1: I'd be one of those Girl Scouts that was walking on ahead saying, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's yeah, one of those I moments just, oh, in life goodness. that I
4: just said, that's what I want to do. And wow. it was Um, And then there were a couple other experiences for me that were really um, sort of life-changing. I had a a couple of times in the Dominican Republic where uh, we were in rural areas of the Dominican Republic. We set up sort of rickety, curtained exam rooms and tried our best to provide medical care there. And also um, a couple summers that I spent in um, urban Chicago, um, one in Cabrini Green Housing Projects and one on the south side of Chicago. And both of those experiences showed me what I could do right here at home and um, really showed me what's possible here. Mm-hmm. And then, and let, lastly, I'll mention uh, Mother Teresa has always been a really big inspiration for me. You know, she dedicated her life to the poorest of the poor and created centers around the world to care for the poorest of the poor. And, and all of these kind of put together really combined to inspire me to, to do what I do, and I just really feel... Honored and humbled to be able to do
1: to do this work. And you're very fulfilled, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. I go
4: home every day feeling like, you know, I'm making a difference. Yeah. We're, we're
1: making a difference. That's, that's the most important thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I understand you've spent the entirety of your career at 16th Street, first as a physician and now as CEO. Um, what is it about the mission that continues to resonate with you after 25 years? Yeah, so...
4: I'm really passionate, like I said, about taking care of underserved communities and underserved patient populations. And we really strive to t- to provide high-quality care to everybody. And I think that's so important to everybody. Uh, I want to be able to let everybody have the high-quality care that, that they deserve. And our patients really face a lot of barriers from language to economics. Um, 70% of our patients prefer to receive care in a language other than English. That's a huge barrier to health care. We also have the one of the largest uninsured patient populations in the state. 25% of our patients don't have any health insurance, which is another huge barrier. And that's exactly what community health centers were built for, is to take care of people, provide high-quality and comprehensive health care to people that um, are facing barriers just like those and others as well. So that's really what we're made for and, and I'm glad to be able to, to do that. We want to be able to provide services, not only medical services, but additional kinds of services and Rosa Maria will talk about some of them where we wrap around people. We provide supportive Services that really just kind of give a big hug to people and provide additional um, services that empower people to to live the healthiest lives possible. I want to tell you a little story about one of my one of my favorite patients um, that I treated for many years. He's a gentleman that sold ice cream out of one of those little ice cream carts that he pushed around mm-hmm. the neighborhood, and he supported his wife out of that little ice cream cart oh that goodness. that he pushed around. He had diabetes, and I treated him for many years as he, as he aged. And we worked through many challenges. As you can imagine, it's challenging to take care of diabetes as you're walking around um, pushing a cart. You know, sometimes there's hot days, sometimes there's cold days. But one of the worst things he had to work through was a diabetic leg ulcer, and that was really difficult for him. Um, he had no employer, obviously, so he had, um, and he had no insurance because he, he wasn't employed with an employer. So we were able to help him obtain the medications that he needed as well as providing him some education about how to take care of his diabetes all in his native Spanish language. Mm. And he worked. He and I worked together with our team at 16th Street, and it helped him to be able to really manage that condition as well as his diabetes and help empower him to live his healthiest life possible. And um, that's just one example of, of how we really try and work to support people um, mm. with what they need.
1: Well, it helps us to get a visual, right? When you share mm-hmm. a story, um, it helps us really to understand the impact that you make. You know, as a community health center, that provides medical and, and other health services to a vulnerable population. How important is it to have a resource like 16th Street present and accessible to the community and and its patients? So I think, you know, community health centers are in and of the
4: community that we serve, both in Milwaukee, where we are, and also we're in Waukesha. And many of our staff and obviously our patients live in the local community and many of our board members as well. So we often hear from our patients that they wouldn't know where to turn if it weren't for us being right there in the community we're able to really understand the issues that affect the community, and also we're able to respond quickly to, and nimbly to those issues. We hear them right from our staff and from our patients and board members, so we know the issues, and um, we're able to respond quickly. And Rosa Maria really knows about this firsthand as well.
5: Yeah, when I think of that question, I think of two reasons why why it's important. Um, I think trust uh so I grew up in the neighborhood that we serve. Um, I had a mom who was very uh shy about sharing about her body. You know, it's very personal when we go in to see the doctor and we tell them things that, you know, it might be a little bit uh apprehensive to might be a little bit apprehensive to share. Um and she chose sixteenth Street um because of the trust that she had with the mm. doctors. So I wish you could I wish everybody could be here with me to see Julie's eyes you know widen when she was talking about her patients. And that is the same love and passion that I feel like our providers share at 16th Street. and, um, and also just to be able to receive care in a language that she preferred. It was easier for her to share a little bit more about that. Um, and so trust, I think, is a big reason um, for the importance of her having. Us. And then the other thing I think about is commitment. So 16th Street isn't just about the individual health um, of a patient, but also the health of the community. And so um, I'll give you one example of some of the work that we do in our Department of Environmental Health and Community Wellness. So in 1997 we started a program for uh, lead outreach, and at that time we did we had a, a prevalence rate of about of over 30 percent, and now with all the work that we have done, uh, the prevalence rate of uh, is less than two percent um, for. 10 micrograms um, per deciliter of, of lead so um, that is a big big difference and so that's
1: part of the commitment that we have as a clinic Yeah, mm. I mean again some things that people probably don't even think about you know when you're talking about the lead issue and how you know people that don't deal with that don't even don't even think about it or or receiving care in your native language this is not something that people think about yeah, when you think
5: about things that are more challenging, like healthcare or legal or any of those things, having somebody that can—I mean, those are challenging in and of itself—and so. then that commitment and that that sharing goes beyond our own zip codes.
1: Yeah, and and Laura, I think you said that you're not only on the South Side, which is kind of where you started, but you're now also in Waukesha. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's right. uh, an offering that people are going to want to mm-hmm. be aware of. So given the, the the past year that we've had, there's been a growing need for both kids and adults in the area of behavioral health. So when we return, we're going to hear how 16th Street Community Health Center is helping in that regard. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after commercial break.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Julie Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Dr. Julie Schuler and Rosa Maria Martinez from 16th Street Community Health Centers. So we're hearing more and more about this growing behavioral health need for both kids and adults. So how is 16th Street responding to that? Being so connected to the community gives us a really unique
4: perspective on the needs of the people that we care for. Over the past few years, we've seen a dramatic growing need in the community for services related to behavioral health. As you can imagine, conditions like depression, anxiety, stress, and substance abuse disorders are growing dramatically. And um, our, we've seen a growing need for our services, a 100% increase or doubling in the um, need for services. So we've responded by adding an entirely new clinic, which we call our National Av Clinic. We opened in April. We're really excited to open that new clinic, and that's dedicated solely to behavioral health. Oh, nice. And we're also increasing the amount of behavioral health services we're providing in the schools, which is a really great place for um, children and teens to be able to access behavioral health services. we found that they're able to... um, Access those services in schools with a reduced stigma, mm. so they're more open to accessing those services, and they can re- receive them right there at school. So it's a great place to um, increase behavioral health services. Yeah, that's that's kind of how we've been responding to the behavioral health.
1: And is the dramatic increase because of the pandemic? You think, or just? Overall,
4: surely that's been an, an a factor in, yeah. in the increased demand for sure.
1: Yeah, wow, it's it's a sad statistic, but at least uh, you know we choose to focus on the positive, and that is that you guys are addressing it right, right? and right. that you have a a, a new building that right. is dedicated to mm-hmm. that need. So that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, what about collaborative efforts? Well, we know that you work with the UCC. How critical are your partnerships?
4: Well, as a nonprofit, you know, we have very limited resources, and so we want to make sure we're leveraging those resources wisely and maximally. We want to make sure we get the most out of the resources that we have and that we're not duplicating services that other nonprofits are also providing. And so we partner with many uh, other agencies and organizations on the south side that serve the Hispanic community. We partner with UCC's schools, including their er Early Learning Academy and soon the Bruce Guadalupe School. Um, as well as other schools on the south side. And it's a unique model in which we have a medical clinic embedded in their schools and provide um, medical care to the kids that they serve. Wow. We found it's a really great partnership. It's a win-win-win all yeah. the way around. Yeah. Um, that the the children really benefit because they don't need, need to leave school. They don't need to be out of the classroom very very long because they're just right there in school. Parents love it because they don't need to leave work in order to take their kids to the doctor, and teachers love it because their kids oh, sure. are in school too. So it's really a great example how of how partnerships can provide great value.
1: Well, and again, we've we've talked about this so many times that, and, and you alluded to the fact too that that not one nonprofit can do everything, nor right. should they. Right? right? I mean, you you can't appeal to the masses, uh, and and give that needed care to the level that you do. And so it's, it's so important for nonprofits to work with other ones and to not duplicate what others are doing, like right. you said. And um,
4: Rosa Maria's area, her community health initiatives um, has a lot of great partnerships that that she works on.
5: Yeah, the the Department of Environmental Health and Community Wellness as well has worked on various partnerships. It's critical. Um, to to work with various partners. So one example I'll give you will be the revitalization efforts between 13th and 16th Street, which we refer to as the KK River Plaza. Uh, We won two awards for that, two Mandy Awards, uh, both the People's Choice Award and the Brewers Community Foundation Public Space Award. So we're very Ah, proud of that. Congratulations. But basically that work uh, was working with various partners from um, Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewards District to the KK River Neighborhoods in Action to uh, Christian Center, Rails to Trails, Groundwork Milwaukee, the list is very long and who we worked with for that, um, to spearhead that work. And uh, in essence, what was happening was that the river is being naturalized, and um, you can imagine that when you expand a river, that impacts a very dense space and so many changes needed to be made, um, and it's a long process. So what happens to that space in the interim, it's uh, Im- important to, to address so that it's positive throughout um, those that long interim. And so um, that was a lot of work. So th- I can say that the KK River Plaza has become a safe place to garden. To uh, It's a neighborhood trail. It's a place to play, um, a place to meet with your neighbor. It's a green space
1: and an urban neighborhood. So mm-hmm. it's just one example. Well, a lot of people involved, and it is impacting a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. wonderful. You all have many things to be proud of, uh, I'm sure, and stories to share, but um, let's start with you, Julie. What What would you say you're most proud of during your time as as CEO? And then maybe tell us what's around the corner moving forward.
4: A couple things I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of the quality of the care that we provide, both on the medical side and the behavioral health side. People face a lot of barriers, and I think everybody should have access to the same quality of care regardless of the barriers that they have. We've received lots of awards in the terms of the quality of the care we provide. And I'm really proud of that. In 2020, we received the Healthcare, um, Health Center Gold Quality Award. And I just am really proud of the quality of the care that we provide.
1: You should be. Yeah. yeah again, congratulations. That's wonderful.
4: And, and secondly, we, we just received a top workplace award. And I oh. think our staff are really important to who we are. And um, our staff voted that's an award that's given based on feedback from our own staff. And so for our staff to think that we're a great place to work just really means a lot to me, and I'm
1: really proud of that, too. Mm-hmm. Ellen Becker was also awarded hey, that. Hey, uh, congratulations. And it's, it's wonderful yes. when you have employees Neat. that love what they yes. do and where they work and the people that they, that they work with, it right? It shows, yes.
4: yeah. Um, and in the future, so for a long time and for many reasons, you know, there's significant barriers to health care that have affected the, the the community that we serve, and that's why our focus has always been and will remain on, on advancing health equity and addressing the gaps in all types of care, and so that we're going to continue to do that.
1: We always want to make sure that listeners understand how they can get involved with the nonprofits and what they can do to help support your work and your mission.
4: 16th Street really is truly making a difference in the lives of the patients and the community that we serve every day. Um, And your support would really make a difference in the work that we're doing. Uh, you, You can help us to serve even more people in need and have a greater impact on the health and well-being of our community. So visit our website. You can Google 16th Street Community Health Center. It's also org, And you can click on the Donate button there and find out how to donate. Let me tell you a story about how your money can help us, how your donation can help us. Um, We had one of our young mothers uh, during her pregnancy, Vanessa, a really typical uh, 22-year-old young mother living in the neighborhood with her husband. Her mother doesn't live here, and it's her first pregnancy, so you can imagine how scary that is. Mm -hmm. And she uh, wants to take the best care of herself that she can and her unborn baby. And she comes to our prenatal classes, learns about her pregnancy and what to expect at her delivery. She speaks only Spanish, so the classes are held in Spanish. When it comes time for her delivery, her baby is delivered by one of our nurse midwives at Columbia St. Mary's Hospital. A beautiful delivery like most deliveries are. She goes home, and a couple of days after delivery, we provide a home visit like we do for all first-time moms. Our perinatal outreach worker notices some jaundice in the baby and is able to draw a blood sample for bilirubin, which turns out to be a little elevated. So we're able to arrange follow-up care and education for the new mom, who's, of course, very scared about the health of her baby, as anybody, all of us would be. It's a very common condition in newborns and usually resolves without any long-term problems, which, which it does for Vanessa's baby. We're also able to help her with breastfeeding, which is the most nutritious and least expensive way to feed a newborn. And without her mom living in Milwaukee, Vanessa is so grateful for all the support she receives with her first baby. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect example of what our goal is, which is to provide the care, education, support to empower our patients to live their healthiest lives. And that's what we're trying to do. And with your help, we can do even more. Mm
1: Well, wonderful. I, I so appreciate you both joining us. Thank you for being here today and for helping our listeners understand your passion for serving the underserved.
5: Thank you. thank, thank you. Thanks for having, me. You're, thank you for having you're
1: us. You're welcome. You're welcome. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can just email me at jill at or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 for Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to our goal of informing, inspiring, and impacting people and making a difference in a variety of ways. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at com to listen to previously aired shows. You can also listen on demand with uh, using Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you found this information helpful, which I'm sure you did, as I did, consider telling somebody about it so they can learn, too. Like I said at the beginning of the show, if you like to share information, it's important to educate yourself on things that have the potential to be life-changing for people, regardless if you need the services that an organization provides or not. Make a conscious decision to make a difference in the lives of others by volunteering your time, your talents, or your treasures, or just talk it up and share the goodness and the positivity that these organizations bring to the community. It's a great way to be a blessing to others as well as to give a blessing to others, which is what it's all about, right? Have a wonderful Sunday.